Hi, and welcome to 5G Talent Talk. I'm Carrie Charles, your host, and I have a very special guest with me today, Mike Simpson. He is the Chief Procurement Officer of T-Mobile. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks, Carrie, for having me, having me and uh, allowing us to discuss uh, all things 5G. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's first talk about you, about your journey in telecom. You know, how did you get to where you are today? Yes, I'm getting close to nine years at T-Mobile, but been in the industry for almost 17 now. So I uh, spent time at Clearwire before, before T-Mobile and then quite a few years at Nokia and uh, Nokia Networks. You know, how I got to T-Mobile, Northwest native, you know, T-Mobile has always been a big brand here in the Northwest. And, you know, what better place to end up uh, right now is in advancing our, our you know, telecommunications industry and with the, uh, the hometown club. So what is your favorite, like your most favorite part of your job, of your role? Uh, it, but it never ceases to change. So there's <laughs> always, always something uh, net new on a weekly basis that you're, uh, that you're chasing after. It's always good things. So, right. So how to improve the business in a incremental step each and every day. So uh, it's been a great journey here. T-Mobile expects that the synergies resulting from the merger to reach 70 billion, I read. And that's higher than the 43 billion that was projected originally. So why the change? Well, I think, you know, just in a regular T-Mobile fashion, we are doing things, advancing ourselves in the industry in a much faster clip than planned. Can't share them all, you know, today with you, but there's a lot of great initiatives that uh, that support our ecosystem and our consumer base day in and day out. That's exciting news. Good to hear. So, what will the new T-Mobile workforce look like post merger? Uh, so, I assume you're referring to, you know, how how will we go back to work in a post-COVID? And I think we're still trying to figure some of these things out, like many other large corporations. But there will be a mix of, of people that come back every day that want to you know, get a break from what they've been you know, accustomed to over the last 12 plus months. Uh, we'll introduce hybrid models into this where you, know, you give flexibility to your workforce. And we'll also enable those that uh, want to work or have been working remotely to some extent for the better part of a few years. So it will evolve, I think, as we'll, I think we all have to learn from this as we go back, is listen to our employee base and understand you know, what future needs may be. So I think a lot of unknowns still, and I think we're no different than many of the large corporations out there. We wanna listen first, take some steps, and start getting somewhat back to normalcy in the next uh, few months. I love that you said listen, you said it twice, and it's so important to really hear what people are saying and what they want. And I think it's crucial as we just go back into and we're really not going back necessarily. We're going into a whole new world, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's hope it's not just a, a brand new world, but uh, maybe <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> some exactly. things will come back to what we uh, used to have before. So. so what have been some of the challenges in the post-merger integration of the suppliers? Will anything change in the future? Is it going to look the same? So I think, you know, we actually went about the merger in a little bit different way. We actually waited for the pandemic to hit and then decided to close <laughs> on 401 of, of last year. Um, so our supply base, you know, in many respects, uh, we were at an advantage. We were ready to go and build a network. We had some hiccups at the beginning of the, of the pandemic and getting people 
to work and safe, you know, safely secure. But we were able, actually able to build quite faster than in normal times. You know, in yeah. you know, like New York City as an example, things are a little bit easier to to go build networks when you don't have you know traffic. We'll actually revert back to somewhat normal as people go back to work and cities and and populations start going into the to the office in some form or fashion. I think our network providers. We're still dealing with this on a on a daily, weekly basis. You know, you've got components made in India and China, and we see what's going on in India today. And it's, you know, it's terrible what uh, that population is is going through. It's learning more and more about your supply base on the component levels of where things are produced. Um, so those things, you're, you know, we're more and more connected to our supply base than ever before. You know, we are sharing more forecasts way up front. They're showing, you know, risks and supply base that never, you know, been willing to to do before as well, too. So right. both of those things are are changing, and I think it's actually some of it's for the best. Yes, yes, I love that positive spin. So yep. let's talk about five G. Give me some updates. Where is T Mobile now? What's on the horizon? Yeah, so uh, all public facts that we'll share is that we are on a quest to you know, deliver five G for all. So that is our big branding about how we want to, you know, rapidly expand into small town America. Um, so we have initiatives there, connecting all consumers and have the ability to reach beyond, you know, all the carriers have really not focused as much uh, energy and effort. Our beautiful spectrum and our, our range of coverage in both low band and mid band allow us to do that. Progress to date, we'll start to show some numbers and earnings that, you know, we're attacking our goals on you know 200 million pops covered in mid-band by the end of the year. We also have low-band coverage that you'll see coming out. And I don't want to spoil the surprises too early on that, but we are making, <laughs> we're, we are making rapid progress on our build activities. And the machine that we have doing this is just uh, a second to none. Hmm. That's exciting. I can't wait to see what you do. That's, that's thrilling. So let's talk culture. What is it like to work for T-Mobile? Well, I think um, you know our employees speak for themselves, and I think in when we're surveyed in Forbes about one of the best places to work, I think that kind of defines and tells the story of what the culture is here at, at T-Mobile. You know, I mentioned listening a couple times in a previous question, and we have a focus on our employee base, similar to what we do with our customers. We listen to what our customers want, we listen to what our employees want, and we take action to. Uh, uh, to deliver the best for both. To me, it's it's uh, we are as successful as we are with with our employee base for a reason. You know, diversity and inclusion is uh, top of our minds and our you know ways of working, and I think that shows in the results that we produce to the street, but also you know produce mm-hmm. from our employees. You know, when they are asked the question. Yep. So we're going to talk about uh, DNI in just a moment, but I've heard that it's awesome to be on your team. So what I want to kind of get a little peek into what it's like to be on your team, you as a leader, maybe some of the things that you do with your team, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, we uh, produce a lot of uh, great work. I think we celebrate those successes in normal ways, you know, together. You know, we like to have a good time as well. It's been a little bit harder uh, over the last year, but you know, I think this, you know, within procurement and the network supply chain teams that, that work for me, we are at kind of the center of all the action, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, new initiatives, uh, new things brought to the table, our teams are driving and delivering. So it's an exciting 
part of that uh, part of that journey. We have a network supply chain team that's energized, that's building at record pace in the U.S. Um, so there's a lot of great energy on that stuff. But we try to you know, step back a little bit and celebrate the wins and uh, have a good time with it. So I heard that you do something coffee with Mike once a month. Well, it's it's not really coffee with Mike. It's kind of drinks of your choice with Mike. Oh, okay, got so, it. That's fine. Uh, but some people are <laughs> like more. You don't brave. have to have coffee. You can have no, other no. You can have, you can have water. You can have a. <laughs> yeah, you can have something green. You know. Yeah, whatever. there you go. Green juice. That's mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's but yeah, good. so it started out as a you know, something we used to do lunch with Mike. You know, about two years ago, and it's just actually just stopping and listening to my employees about what's going well, what's not. You know, how do we fix those things? And it's just a way for people to connect at all levels of my organization. Yeah. So important. So important. Let's talk about diversity a bit, because I know that diversity really fuels the uncarrier spirit at T-Mobile. So can you talk about diversity, but as it relates to T-Mobile's enterprise-wide employee focus, and um, also a little bit as it relates to supplier diversity? I know there's many different areas of diversity we could talk about right now. Yeah. So I think, you know, from a corporate culture enterprise-wide, it's, it's again, it's top of mind. It's one of our core values that we we speak from every level, that we are a diverse company. We get more out of being that way from a diverse thought, you know, diverse culture base, and really, you know, speaking from every chair of this of this organization that we're focused on doing right, uh, right by all. And I think that's, you know, been key to our success over the last at least nine plus years that we've been on this on this ride. I think on my in my shop, I also have the you know, supply base to manage through. And so you know, we have a mission to increase our, our spend and our visibility with diverse, diverse companies and really not just diverse companies, but how they actually operate within as well. And you'll hear more about this in the future with us too, but we're not just interested in large corporations that happen to be diverse, but we want all companies, small business, medium, large, but it's also how they treat their employees and do they share the same values that we have in our company and how do we spread more of this around to the, to the, all, the, the entire tech sector. You may have seen some news uh, recently yeah. from us of kind of walking the talk a bit, and we yeah. launched News Tech. So mm-hmm. that's our way of not only increasing you know, our visibility and, and awareness of diversity and inclusion, but also investing in, in communities for jobs in the tech sector, which you know, has been really uh, not invested in enough over the last you know, decade or two. Tell me a little bit more about your next tech diversity program. Because like, what was your motivation around creating it? And then a little bit more about how the program works, because I think it's brilliant and more companies need to do this. Yeah. So it actually started uh, pretty organically with a session with Mike. We'll call it drinks or it may have been coffee or lunch, whatever it may have been (laughs) back in the day. But, you know, an employee asked in the technology division, there are not a lot of Black technicians or you know, tower climbers in the space. And you know, they asked, what am I gonna do about it? And so I said, you know, let's really in that organic session said, well, why don't we do something similar to what we've been doing with Warriors for Wireless and our partnership with you know, the Tower Family Foundation. And uh, let's start you know, raising money and awareness and creating some jobs. And so a little over six months, we took that kind of, basically almost a hallway conversation in a pretty informal setting and we partnered with Learning Alliance, who's a big, uh, a large training uh, center and facility across the country. We had some outreach and some investment from Ericsson, so one of our large 
build partners. And we put together a program where we provide scholarships for training as well as job placement for graduates to enter into the field technician and technology landscape that you know, never really existed yet. And so focuses on people of color and you know, diversity there. And, and you know, we're proud to say that we have our first graduating class and all graduates have uh, jobs uh, post that training session. So it takes us all to go and invest some time, energy, and, and money. And, and I think we can all do better from that. I love the fact that you know, it was talked about in a meeting and then you said, let's do it. And then it was done. And I I think that that's really what's difficult for, you know, we're moving so fast these days and, you know, I can tell that you have a heart to make a difference. And I'm sure that's, that resonates throughout T-Mobile, I can tell, but, you know, that ability to take action and say, look, this is important. This is just as important as everything else. Right. And I thought, I think that's great. So I, I read that T-Mobile is committed to energy sustainability. How has your team, the procurement team, driven success here? Yeah, we, so we actually, this is part of the reason you asked the question, you know, what's, what's it like in my organization? And it's different from a you know, traditional procurement shop. We create a lot of different things for the ecosystem. And so, you know, my organization kind of, again, you know, came up with an idea of how do we, how do we invest in off-grid or um, sustainable energy, like wind farms and and solar farms and producing enough clean energy that really captures all of our energy output. And we were able to work with our amazing team and enterprise to form a commitment about how fast we could actually deliver that energy creation to, to really at least offset our energy output on the grid. So, you know, that's been, I think, three or four years in the making on this. And I'm proud to say that we will hit that target um, at the end of the end of this year. The merger and acquisition of, of Sprint. So we uh, doubled down and just said, "There's no change in timeline. We will we will do both at the same time." Commitment. So proud to say that that you know my team is at the heart of that uh, great initiative. So look at all you've accomplished in I mean the merger and then COVID and you just kept going and putting these programs together. So congratulations. You just it's, you didn't stop. Deep. It's my team that uh, delivers all the credit. So, but yes. as a great leader should say, that's that's, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> no, that that's awesome. So, tell me more about this event that you I, you lead the event every year. I guess it's a for it benefits the Tower Family Foundation. You talked about and Warriors for Wireless. What is the event, and how have you supported those organizations over the years? Yeah. So again, uh, this is actually predated me a little bit, but. We started a golf tournament, really, and in, in to raise awareness and money for two great causes. So, Tower Family Foundation uh, supports families that you know of, of uh, injuries from this business and this you know, line of work in, in Tower Technicians, as well as Warriors for Wireless that creates opportunities similar to the Next Tech initiative, but really focused on you know military veterans. And so, you know, this thing started out pretty small. You know, we raised a little bit of money the first couple of years and we really started amping this up with our our great partner community and our supply base. And I think, you know, we've delivered quite a bit of value to uh, these two outfits, you know, exceed mm-hmm. a, a million dollars over this journey. And we even included it last year during COVID times. We couldn't get on the golf course, but we did a virtual, a virtual party in a, in a uh, you know, meeting amongst these, these teams. And 
I think that was our largest contribution to date. So wow. you know, even during tough times, our, our partner community and, and T-Mobile raised their game yet again. So the, the goal is each and every year we get, we get a little bit more, we get more focus and energy for these, these great charities. So, Are you going to have an in-person event in 2021? That is the plan, Carrie. We will do this. Hopefully, it's going to be uh, uh, early to mid-October is the current plan, and, and we will uh, we'll get launching on this. Uh, we had to delay it a little bit, and we hope that it's a success and we can turn it, you know, turn it into an in-person. If not, we'll go back to virtual and we'll do it again. Yeah. So Right. Right. Yeah. Flexible. Flexibility. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so let me ask you, Mike, as a leader, what are some principles that you really live by? Like in, in, you know, in your opinion, what makes a great leader? I think it's you have to kind of raise up your eyes on stuff to really make sure that you see everything in your organization. I think you have to be aware of your surroundings and, you know, who's on your team and what's What's really, you know, pain points within the organization? I think you have to listen and I think you have to take action. And I think even if you make some mistakes along the way, I think you have to drive your teams and your business forward. And I think those are essential for, for leadership from my perspective. I think you, have to, you also have to be an owner, right? You know, you're a business owner, right? So in each of my teams and each of my, you know, my manager positions, I look for those folks that are really want to lean in and own their outcome. So they each run mm-hmm. a small business from my perspective, right? And so, oh. and so I think, you know, employee first, employee engagement, you know, kind of critical uh, successes mm-hmm. for, that I look for in, in leadership. And I love the, that you've said, listen in action, but in order to listen, people have to have a voice. And it sounds right. to me like on your team, as well as T-Mobile, that people have a voice. Absolutely. Right. No, that's, that's exciting. So last but not least, are you hiring? Is T-Mobile hiring? Yes, we you know we're, we've uh, a commitment to the as part of this deal combination that we are hiring. So my organization has open positions as well, but you know we are expanding into many different parts of the country. From so I think almost every aspect of our business is is growing. Retail channels, T-Mobile for Business is you know has a huge initiative to to drive some some of those synergy numbers that we talked about, but they are. They're aggressively in the marketplace uh, seeking new business opportunities. So I think it's a great time to join T-Mobile. You know, plenty of opportunity. And I think we're still, you know, in, in very, you know, we're, a, we're a big and a large corporation, but we feel and operate like we are still small and hungry. That's a really unique atmosphere to be in. We're really exciting for us uh, as leadership to uh, energize folks come into our teams uh, with different perspectives. Right place at the right time. It sounds like it's an adventure for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been fabulous. I could talk and talk and talk to you, but uh, I really appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks, Carrie, for having me. You take care.